is Revelations Radio News with Andrew Hoffman and Tim Kilkenny on the Revelations Radio Network. Podcasting to you from the seaside town of Edmonds, Washington, where I am excited to bring some more fake news to everybody out there. I am one of your hosts, and my name is Tim Kilkenny. And from Hood River, Oregon, where I'm saying that you should be more excited about bringing a new human being into the world, I'm Andrew Hoffman. Yay! I did. I did. We did bring yes. a little baby into the world uh, just the following day after the last show, so... He's been around for six weeks. He's a he's a pretty cool little kid. I think we'll keep him. <laughs> Good deal. Yeah. Good deal. Learning all the uh, trials and tribulations of parenthood and uh, and whatnot. Um, although, fair warning to everybody out there who doesn't have kids yet, or and your wife is going to breastfeed. This is for all the husbands out there. No matter how involved you try to be and how much you try to help, you will feel useless. <laughs> <laughs> you are not a food source so uh but anyway he's good he's uh he's i mean he's good nothing i don't know what else to report he's it's been it's been real it's been kind of fun and uh you know it's i was just saying it's like the sixth week we're starting to actually uh see his uh his personality a little bit and that's been kind of fun very cool very cool yeah my uh baby newest baby daughter is three months old today so well congrats yeah i guess we're we're a little over yeah so he was born on november 9th so he came on election was it election day no it was the day after yep so he wanted to wait till the till it was all over before he came out yeah made sure that trump won before he felt it was safe to enter the world I don't know if it was that good, um, <laughs> but here's one. Here's one that's funny. Uh, I just kind of looking through our folder. We've been putting stuff in here for over a month. We haven't done a show before, yeah. before we even get into anything. I was gonna try to let's see. Yeah, we should probably apologize, but yeah, I mean, for I don't know. We did try like the last month. Yeah, like row. every week we would try, and I couldn't because of one reason or another, and. And, and then uh, you were able to, and I yeah. had some familial protests. So three-year-old tantrums to yeah. deal with. So to- totally understandable. This is just kind of random, though. Oh, this is just kind of random. Um, I thought that uh, we can just throw this in there right now. It doesn't really need a lot of uh, intro. But this is Adam Carolla, 2008. Did you listen to this at all? No. Okay, here we go. Okay. The government is good at making money. Mm-hmm. So is Donald Trump. Ah, that's right. He went on extra to talk about his tips to becoming rich so you can be like him. The number one bit of advice is knowledge. Learn your subject. Know what you're doing. Number two, never, ever give up. Number three, you've got to love what you're doing. Not <laughs> <Okay>. that. <laughs> is, there a, is there really a good tip? When's the last time you heard a tip and went, wow, there you go. Aren't there hundreds of books on how to make money? You must love what you do. Yeah. I love telling people to love what they do. That's how <laughs> I got rich. I have an entire book. It's called Earn More Than You Spend. 
Hey, called Done. Love What I Do When I Tell You to Love What You Do. Slovakia, get me another, uh, give me another Mr. Pibb. That's right. I save money by not buying the premium Dr. Pepper. That's one of his tips to mm -hmm. becoming rich. <laughs> yes. Love what you do. Uh, Drink Mr. Pibb. He's going to be president in eight years. You, you understand that, everybody? Ugh. You understand Donald Trump is going to be president. He'll be president one day. It'll be in our lifetime. Now, will he still have Melanchia or whatever her name oh, is? Oh, no, 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 no. Because no, she will have seen her 38th birthday. Right. So there'll be a new Slavic former model. That's right. They'll First be lady. yes. They'll be uh, they're they're gonna. I don't know. I think they're uh, harvest harvesting Ava Gabor's eggs right now as we speak to make a new classy chick from Classylvania for Trump to <laughs> marries his fifth wife. Will he have his kids in his interior ministry? You know the uh, the secretary of class. Right. That's what you'll Ivanka. be, Ivanka. You will be the secretary of does not suck in class. And the son, I mean, he's pretty terrific. Mm, he's terrific, and that's why I will make him chancellor in charge of losers. Oh, no. He will have to look over the losers as a terrific child. I see. So there'll be a czar making sure that there are no losers. Well, first off, I'm moving the White House. I'm going to put it on top of the Wharton School for Business. Oh, I, Oval Office right on top of the Wharton School. Mm -hmm. That's classy. Paul Bryan, you'll be the uh, Minister of Degenerates. Oh, great. Uh, what are you going to do to Rosie when you become president? Drawn and quartered. Actually, I'm going to do her into eights. I think her chunks are too big. <laughs> the Clydesdales can't carry the chunks that big. Anyway, you get the point. Yes. A little bit long. That was a really terrible Donald Trump impression. <laughs> the accidental prediction was... That's pretty funny. <laughs> the March 3rd, 2008 prediction. Boom. He nailed it on the head. That was just kind of funny. So neither here nor there, but looking through our folder of all these stories we've been saving up for a month, I just thought we'd play that one real quick. Get us right into it. So... If we had done a show, yes, anytime in the you know, last month, month ago, mm -hmm. I would have said, "Pay no attention to the ah. elector garbage." Electoral college—they're going to change the votes. Yeah, is that was fake news? That was clearly fake news, and did, did <laughs> although there was a record for faithless electors. Yeah, I was about to say. Thank you very much. <laughs> Do you want to get into that? So. Uh, <laughs> Oh, is, well, this, is that your article there? I don't remember, but um, yes, Hillary Clinton did uh, set a record, well, for the, like the last 200 years or so, um, for faithless electors. I think she had five. She had five. So five people did not turn from voting Trump. They turned from voting Hil for Hillary. Yeah. So And... Uh, <laughs> also, plenty of memes on Facebook because two the two... Uh, Trump electors that did not vote for Trump. Uh, one was for Kasich, which, which that was the big uh, uh, conspiracy to save America, right? Like everyone was going to not vote for Trump and vote for John Kasich instead. Right. And then, yeah, 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 yeah. So that really happened. One one person and uh, and someone voted for Ron Paul, which is ironic on a number of levels. Uh, he achieved more electoral votes this time, not running for president. Than he did last time. And he also 
um, had more <laughs> electoral votes than um, Gary Johnson, uh, Jill Stein, and you know all the other third party candidates combined. So that's yeah. And in, in, in the electoral college uh, whole thing, you knew it was fake. You knew it was going to be baloney. These people are going to. There's a chance they could change the vote. It was. It was just like the leading up to the Republican convention. The but Andrew Martin Sheen and some other actors made a video. Oh, they made a video. Yeah, really. Hold worked. on a second. Can you? Can we get a video? I wish. I wish. Can you play the piano? Um, I cannot. No. Oh, I was gonna say you seem like just the type of guy that would be like, oh yeah, total, <laughs> total, totally can play the piano. It'd be awesome if we had an actual piano someday on the show. We will. I'll, <laughs> and I'll just be like, I'll, I'll come on. I'll have my wife play. And I'll just be like, America deserves a second chance. It's for our kids. You know, and it, all you got to do is like jump cut and then jump cut to somebody else saying, it's for our kids. Then another person, like a different voice, say, it's for the kids. And then, you know. I'm famous. I'm, I'm f- not as famous. I'm very famous. Super should- duper famous person right in the middle. Whammo, here I am. I played a president on TV, so yeah. I know what I'm talking about. Martin Sheen. <laughs> that family, if you could figure that one out, I, I don't know. Yeah. I feel like in order to do a show, since we have a million stories in here and we both kind of are pressed for time because of certain certain small human resources that may explode into tears at any moment, uh, we almost just got to cover like just straight up. Should we do just straight up do some, uh, some of the... Uh, the titles and then just take it from there um yeah i've got a couple that are in like sections that oh. aren't necessarily in order well hit it up you gotta you gotta you got a way for us to go i want to hear it let's go okay well and this was um, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna throw faithless electors in the folder already because we talked about it people people flip-flopped but not away from trump away from hillary so i'm, a, I'm a, yeah more, more away from hillary than trump and right it was never close no. And the, it, there were bogus stories about, oh, 20 of them have committed to not voting for Trump. So there's only, you know, 17 more. And it's so you and this I could really happen. You and I both listen to the No Agenda podcast. Uh, so we've heard this beaten to our heads for like the last month. But for those people out there who are listening to our show who have never heard of that show and who haven't thought of this or heard it from any of the other sources, one of the things that continually is thrown up is we should get rid of the Electoral College. And the reason is because Hillary Clinton won 2 million more regular votes than everybody else. Then how in the world does she lose Electoral College? Can you give us a brief rundown of Electoral College history and why it exists well, in the and, first place and why winning the popular vote doesn't matter? And then um, also there's a new one out. Today's the first time I saw it, but I think... It had been a story floating around before. But Donald Trump tweeted negative things about the Electoral College in 2008. Oh, my god! Therefore, that proves he should have to forfeit the presidency. Well, as we just proved, Adam Carolla predicted Trump's presidency in 2008. <laughs> Therefore, yeah. he should be the, the, uh, the uh, uh, czar of class. The czar of class. Yeah. So, so the, the idea... Uh, of the electoral college let's say you've got a really well there's there's actually multiple consequences of it uh some may or may not have been intended um one logistical thing is if you have a fully you know straight up popular vote okay it's a really close election like really close 
what do you do? You got to recount, right? You got to recount 60 million votes. Where if with the electoral college system, um, okay, you've got a really close election and three states are really, really close. Okay, recount those three states. You know. Um, also, the idea is that um, and here's the big one, folks. Yeah, you you know, the most population, which East Coast, West Coast, you know, California, New York, maybe shouldn't get to decide how the entire country is run. All you would have you, to do is, is, win, is win the popular vote in California, Texas, and New York, and you would win in a freaking landslide. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that's where all the population is. So, and that's, you see that in the rest of the government structure as well. That's why you have um, the Senate, where every state gets two senators, regardless of population. House of Representatives is allotted according to population. So right. California gets lots more representatives than, you know, Oregon or Idaho or Wyoming. But it balances but, itself out. But it's balanced out by the, the Senate. So same kind of idea with the Electoral College. Um, and Because California is an echo chamber of a liberal, uh, you know, narcissism, <laughs> liberal well, elitism and, and whatnot. And so they continue to make it harder and harder for Republicans to come in there and campaign. So these Republicans just don't. They just like, okay, yeah, they, so, they don't. so California so, is going to go to my, you know, to my, you know, competition, because, because but I'll focus in on, on uh, Michigan, Indiana, you know, and those people have the same voice. You know, because they're from different parts of the country. Whereas, if if you just go straight democracy, which by the way we don't have a democracy, we have a republic. But if you just go straight popular vote, it's essentially mob rule. Well, and, and if if California would like to change from a winner take all state to a state like Maine, where there's individual, where the state is broken up into smaller pieces, so you don't, it's not an all or nothing deal. Like um, Trump won one electoral vote out of Maine and Hillary Clinton won three years, something like that. So if California wanted to split up like that, I'm sure they would, um, you know, it would be worth campaigning there. But because the system set up the way it is, if you can't get uh, if you can't win the state, you can't get anything out of the state in the electoral college. And really, I mean, come on, Democrats. You've got the most electoral uh, college votes handed to you at the start of the election. It's just automatic. And, the, you know, there's speculation that eventually Texas will turn blue, you know, for the Democrats with immigration and people moving from California to Texas. But no one's even... Uh, voicing the possibility of maybe California is going to go Republican in the next election. So it's, it's a huge advantage. You know, you only have to get from uh, whatever it is, 60 to, to 270 instead of getting from zero to 270. But of course that's not good enough. We should just let uh, what, whoever we should actually just let Hollywood decide. That's right. Hollywood let, or let the actors vote. Yep. And, um, you know, whoever they want can rule the country. Would you say Hollywood lives in a bubble? <laughs> uh, 
I well, I think everybody lives in a bubble, but yes, Hollywood What's lives in a bubble. A bubble similar to this <laughs> bubble from Saturday Night Live. The unthinkable has finally happened. Our nation torn, broken. You could move to Canada, but you love your country. What can a person like you do? What if there was a place where the unthinkable didn't happen and life could continue for progressive Americans just as before? Now there is. Welcome to the bubble. Coming in January 2017, the bubble is a planned community of like-minded free thinkers and no one else. So if you're an open-minded person, come here and close yourself in. In here, it's like the election never happened. Well, who knows what the hell is happening outside in their America, the bubble will be a fully functioning city-state. With things everybody loves, like hybrid cars, used bookstores, and small farms with the rawest milk you've ever tasted. That's my life. Even though you're in the bubble, you'll still stay fully connected to the world outside. We've streamlined our high-speed internet with only the good sites, like HuffPo, Daily Coast, Netflix documentaries about sushi rice, and the explosive comedy of McSweeney's. <laughs> Clever. Need entertainment? The bubble has so much to do. Go to a bar and engage with a wide array of diverse viewpoints. Percent. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Totally. Right? The bubble is a diverse community and safe space for everyone. We don't see color here, but we celebrate it. And unlike the rest of America, anybody is welcome to join us. One bedroom apartments start at $1.9 million. Planning is underway to give you everything you need. Except police or firemen. Because we haven't found any who'd agree to live here. It's their America now. We'll be fine. Right here in the bubble. Join us. Starting in 2017. The bubble. It's Brooklyn with a bubble on it. You saw that? Yeah, and, and by the way, I'm a big supporter of secession. So if California would like to secede, <laughs> go right ahead. Uh, do you remember the one time you went off? We both kind of went off on California. We got some hate mail. Yeah, we actually kind of, it makes sense with the population, but I would say even more so than the population. By population, there are a lot of people that listen to the show and live in California. It's our number one listener state, actually. Yeah. <laughs> But uh, there, there is a proposal for um, a new state. Yes, Cascadia. Uh, no. Oh well, we got uh, one, we got one up here. Li- Liberty. Oh, where's Liberty? Liberty is uh, Eastern Washington. Ah, well, Cascadia is the uh, I five uh, corridor. Yeah. For yeah, that's a good idea too. Yeah. That way, you know, it's all. Once the big tsunami and earthquake happen, it just kind of resolves itself. Hey, I live here. Come on, what are you trying to do to me? My little my little guy lives here too. We can't we can't be just earthquake tsunami ended up all over the place. So um, a lot of truth to that piece. Obviously, uh, 
what an indictment of the media and the stupid bubble they live in and then the Facebook bubble that many Americans live in and they just assume that everything out there is you know the way that they want it because we all have our little echo chambers that we go to and right. and that's the way it's going to be and and uh, albeit and you, you, albeit you tr- choose your you choose your bubble by algorithm and I I actually because um, I don't I specifically try not to. Uh, you know, get rid of people because they disagree with me politically or whatever. Um, but I, <laughs> I do have a couple of friends who uh, I went to high school with. They're big Oregon Ducks fans, right? So they post a lot about Oregon Ducks football. And, you know, I'm liking the posts. And they're huge Obots. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So What's an Obot the, for those not read in? Obama bots. Everybody knows, yeah. All right. It's that's All right. not just a no agenda thing, but um, so the uh, so the Facebook al- algorithm thinks that I want to see everything these guys post, right? Right, right yeah. <laughs> Even though I've never once liked any like Trump hate Obama, like oh, why can't we have him for eight more years? Uh, um. The algorithm's not smart enough to differentiate between uh, content coming from this person that you would like and content that you don't like. It's the same reason when you buy something on the internet, you then see ads for it for the next five days when it's kind of funny because it's like, hey, I already bought that thing. Right. (laughs) Yes, because they're going to that um, advertiser and they're saying, hey, we know who's interested. Yep. He looked at this for at least three and a half minutes <laughs> when it was in his Amazon cart and he purchased it. But anyway. <laughs> yeah, and, and uh, tip of the day, and I I don't shop a lot on Amazon, but uh, so if you see something on Amazon that you want, don't buy it right away. Put it in the shopping cart. Oh, you know let about it, the secret. Let it sit there for a few days and then there might be a sale. Get it, rid of it. There might be a sale. Who figured that out for you? A uh, coworker mentioned yeah. that. So you have to find stuff that's buried. Like you can't. It can't be like a best-selling item or whatever. But if you find something that is like just something that, like I, I did it one time for uh, lowering springs on a on a car I was ordering, and I put it in there and it lowered like a huge amount because it was like only one left or something. And so I just think that they were just like, we just got to get this thing off the shelf sometimes. So if it's one of the like high selling items, it very rarely does it uh, drop. But yeah, occasionally it does. It's a great idea. Put it in the wish list or the, or the cart. Cart's usually right. better. And then you click on it. Sometimes it goes up though. Sometimes that backfires. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. They didn't tell you that part. Yeah. I went to buy a coat one time and it was like, I don't know, it was like $45 higher. I was like, yeah, I'll pass. <laughs> so. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, they live, everybody lives in a bubble on Facebook and on social media, and yes. an echo chamber, and that's why we ended up in the situation we ended up in, albeit hilarious to watch as everyone loses it. But you know, I don't think Trump is going to lose, is going to win any kind of, uh, you know, I'm not one of these people that thinks he's going to be amazing and he's going to make America great again and he's going to change our whole problem with the United States economy and everything else. Um but I think it's hilarious to watch all of like the people like it's like you said before the people who are against him make me want to like him. Yeah. And these people are such whiny crybabies, having cry-ins <laughs> and 
I mean, they 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 believe he's Hitler <laughs> and all this crap, and it's just an indictment of the mainstream media. The whole election of Trump, yes, and everyone's they, reaction. They told to, them, yes, they told these people that this guy's as bad as literally Hitler. Hitler. He's just like Hitler. He's going to take the Jews out, and have yeah. vice president is going to take tax he's money. And, everyone, and they're going to yeah. take tax money and and do conversion therapy for gay people and. You know, it's just the worst possible thing, <laughs> you know, and constantly. And these people are like, I mean, it's pathetic. They're scared. They're crying. I, you know, I think back to uh, when I was first getting into like 9-11 truth stuff. And, and I don't know if I have changed or if there has been an actual societal change, but it used to be like, man, I'm going to post this stuff. I'm going to talk to people and like people are going to like find out the truth. Like, you know, like I did. And now I just feel like, uh, no, no chance. No, not even wasting time. I'm not going to respond to that. There's just uh, I, I, well, interesting a point. certain amount of resignation. And I don't know how much of it is me. Right. And, just my perception changing or if it's actually like people more cemented into you know their own way of i think a lot of it is you because you come from like oh i just discovered all this stuff so somebody else discovering it is going to change their thoughts and then you experience like just being you know shut down and kind of like laughed at a few times and you start to learn okay i can't do it but i do think to some degree the the public at large is less interested in such things um, I mean, it just, although I'll tell you what, welcome back anti-war left. Yeah. You know, but I'm so, I'm so pissed about the anti-war. I, I, <laughs> I, I can't stand them now because they're just, everything was now it's just, Oh, Trump's electing all these generals and he's such a war. Mo- this dude that we just had has done nothing but attack, 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 <laughs> rubbleize, attack. Aleppo is. Freaking Have you disaster. seen all the stuff about how Trump is screwing up Syria? <laughs> it's like, oh, <laughs> like dude, you, you realize Obama is still the president, right? Yeah. Trump has had 0% to do with Syria. Think back to this, this presidency. We started this podcast just before his first re-election, 2011. We had a full invasion of Libya. We had, uh, it just shortly after that, there was an American... It's a no-fly zone, Tim. It's just a no-fly zone. Oh, is that what it was? Kinetic action. Um, I heard another one the other day. I gotta, I gotta figure. Uh, what was it? It's just that's why that's all they want to do in Syria is just a no fly zone. You, you know what, Andrew? I was thinking the other day. <laughs> my neighbor next door. He seems to be a nice guy, but he's a little annoying. I was considering a, a humanitarian attack. You know, <laughs> just just wanted to just want to put a humanitarian attack on him. You know, get him to quit, you know, using his leaf blower on Sunday afternoons when trying to take a nap. Just a, you know, not a real attack, just a humanitarian attack. So if he's not supposed to use a leaf blower on Sunday afternoons, when exactly is he supposed to use it? Oh, come on, dude. This isn't a real thing. I mean, mean, it's annoying. It wakes me up every nap. One time he blew the leaves into my driveway, but we're getting a little off topic here. He can use it whenever he wants because that's the great part about America. You can do whatever you want. No, not, not a... 7 a.m. on a Saturday, though. That's rude. Okay, okay. Sunday afternoon it is. That's great. You know what? But if I want to own a giant gun, I'll go buy one, because this is America. And I don't <laughs> care if you're crying about it or what your plan is. 
What was I talking about? Well, oh, a humanitarian sure attack. We're talking about we're talking about drone bombing, killing of American citizens, oh, yeah. uh, invasion of uh, Libya, complete rebelization of ISIS. Uh, still uh, in Afghanistan. Still in Afghanistan, trying to influence votes in Crimea. Still I mean, in Iraq. Still in Iraq. Iraq is is trashed. Well, except totally. for the part that we we said ISIS, you can have this part. Yes, that's yes. cool. And the northern part where the Kurds are still, the Kurds are still getting killed. Turkey's dying to get at the Kurds. They want to get in there. I mean, this is pretty much killed or displaced uh, about ninety percent of the Christians in, in the Middle East. So valid far. point. Yeah, we have one of the largest mass exodus I've ever seen, and it's ever been seen in human there, history. There's only there's only been Christian churches in you know Syria. Since, oh, I don't know, the Apostle Paul. This guy named Jesus. <laughs> um, yeah, that, I forgot about that. A, a complete influx of refugees, one of the largest we've seen in, in, in modern times out of uh, the Middle East and out of, uh, you know, everywhere over there. Except, except even though the population is like kind of more, I don't know what the exact numbers are, but... Uh, Let's just say eighty twenty, Muslim to to Christian, but there are immigration policies to <laughs> let like one percent Christians in, ninety nine percent Muslims. Meanwhile, so. this guy has a summit with a some guy from a, a bar and a, has a beer with him, plays NCAA brackets and shoots hoops and plays golf, and he gets a pass for his for his and, war stance. And he gets a pass not only for playing golf. But for being terrible at golf. For consistently no playing golf and being terrible at it. Yes. How do you play that much golf and have that horrific of a golf swing? Him and Charles Barkley. Is, is, his, is, like, is his golf swing as Charles Barkley-esque? It's, it looks like... Well, see, Charles Barkley... It's broken. It's broken. Yeah, yeah. There's some like mental block going on, but you can kind of tell. I mean, it's kind of amazingly athletic to even hit the ball with that horrific of a golf swing right with obama it just looks like someone who's totally unathletic and which he is yeah so oh buddy there's all where all those stories oh he's gonna miss my playing cool basketball president. i'm gonna miss my <laughs> I've, I've heard several seen several articles I'm really gonna miss having a cool president <laughs> yeah the, yeah there's but uh i don't yeah, I don't know if he's like, oh, I'm glad Hillary lost because now half the country's going to remember me so fondly, you know, compared to Trump. Or if he's freaking out because everything that he did, uh, most of it was done with executive action and could now just be undone. Which, um, you know, you had George W. Bush doing all the executive orders. I know. Obama saying, oh, that's terrible, I won't do that, and then he did it tenfold, and now um, I was like, wait a second, Trump, Trump's going to undo this stuff? What's going on with that? So I don't think they considered the possibility, they thought oh, it'd be Jeb Bush or Hillary Clinton, good either way. Yeah, yeah. Instead, we got this guy, so. <laughs> they got a, a bit of a wild card. Bit of a wild card, but he's putting in Goldman Sachs and generals and everything else. So 
it's going to be more of the same. And this time we just have to listen to the, the to the whiny liberal left complain about it instead of the yeah. It, yeah. it is kind of an interesting insulated, uh, con, you know, conservative, righteous right shrouded in Christianity. It's it's an interesting Goldman Sachs crew because one of the Goldman Sachs guys is Stephen Moonchin or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, hasn't been there in fifteen years and was kind of. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's kind of like, um, <laughs> you know, the guy made most of his money from, uh, well, from Goldman Sachs, obviously, uh, but also, um, being an investor in Seinfeld. So yeah, can't sell that one, Kevin. No. Well, let me, um, uh, let me go through one of my little sections here. Please. All right. Uh, I'd like to talk about the Secretary of State thing. Okay. And we'll start with um, Scott Adams before a Secretary of State was clo- was chosen. Scott Adams, the Dilbert guy. Um, so Trump and the Secretary of State brand decision. And I, I will read a, a little bit of this. It's not very long. Uh, the most important job opening that... Trump has to fill, at least from a brand perspective, as Secretary of State. You can get away with hiring loyal supporters for less visible cabinet positions, but you need the Secretary of State job right because it directly reflects on the brand of the presidency, and Trump knows branding. If you look at the Secretary of State from a master persuader perspective, it's hard to know who would do the best job among the candidates under discussion. They're all highly capable people, and their opinions are not so different. Otherwise, they wouldn't be in the final consideration. The big differentiator is how the country will view Trump's choice and how that changes their impression of Trump's brand as president. Let's take a look at the candidates through that filter. Giuliani probably has some foreign business interests that could be problematic once the mainstream media sinks their teeth into him. That doesn't help Trump's brand because Trump has the same type of foreign conflict of interest issues. You don't want to add to the problem you already have, so cross him off the list. And since this point, he's been crossed off the list. Huntsman has good experience and he represents himself well, but he's too handsome for the job. Brand-wise, Trump is better off surrounding him with himself with highly capable people who don't suck too much attention out of a room. You might think that isn't important, but it is from a persuasion standpoint. Um, I like Trump's pick of Pence because Pence is the boring, monochromatic version of Trump that makes Trump look like a star when they stand together. You need the same contrast for Secretary of State. Okay, so he's out. Romney, same problem as Huntsman. Out. Uh, Petraeus, uh, he says, legal problems in the past um, be a stain on Trump's brand. Bolton would be the biggest brand mistake for Trump. Obviously, the guy looks crazy. And he, he is crazy. Uh, Rohrabacher, so anyway, so he doesn't mention, at this point, no one had... Um, brought up the guy that actually got the job. Okay, but the second that guy was mentioned, um, I'm like, oh, that's the guy. He's kind of the vanilla-looking, but very capable. The guy knows what he's doing. So, uh, And that's uh, uh, Rex Tillerson. So, but it's exactly the... (laughs) the type of person that Scott Adams said he would pick. So I, I, th- I just thought that was interesting. 
Um, well, Scott Adams has called this election all the way. He he basically said that Trump would win because of the you know the the uh, verbiage and w- and way that uh, Trump speaks. He predicted because of that his persuasion, his art of persuasion, that he would win the election in a landslide. Which I guess maybe not a landslide, but it was pretty big. And and he hedged on it once. Uh, Hillary Clinton hired <laughs> the uh, master persuader of her own, the same one that got Obama elected. So, um, so you could say that's what made the election closer. Uh, Jack Hunter, former Ron Paul associate, and the media kind of shamed Ron and Rand Paul into kind of ditching him. Um, but wrote this article. Here's one big reason why we should be glad Donald Trump chose Rex Tillerson for secretary of state. Um, let's see. I'll skip down about halfway. It should go without saying that the U S should try to avoid war. Sometimes war is necessary and we should be prepared to wage it if needed, but it should always be a last resort. That's basic common sense, right? These are seemingly non-controversial statements. Unless you were running for president in 2016, the bulk of candidates seeking the White House this year seemed hell-bent on starting a war with Russia by creating a U.S.-enforced no-fly zone in Syria. As former presidential Republican presidential candidate Rand Paul said of such a policy in October 2015, a no-fly zone would be drawing a red line in the sky. Once you draw a red line and people cross it, what happens? Now we're talking about an incident that could lead to World War III. We went 70 years having open channels of communication with the Russians, trying to avoid having one side shoot down the opposite side's plane. I think the people who call for a no-fly zone are naive. Right now, Russia is actually being invited by two of the neighboring countries, Iraq and Syria. We're going to say we're going to stop Russia from flying in the area when two of the countries being flown over have invited that country in? This gets back to whether we want to diplomatically isolate ourselves or whether we want to diplomatically engage. Paul is right. Diplomacy should always be preferable to war and instituting a no-fly zone in Syria would be a virtual war guarantee. In other words, it's nuts. So then he goes through basically all the other um, big Secretary of State candidates were no-fly zone guys. And Trump chose the one that's not. That's He's a personal friend with Vladimir Putin. So kind of as far on the opposite side as you could um, expect. And then I thought this was... um, Is that why he got the Kremlin... Is that how he got the Kremlin to hack the election? (laughs) Oh, man. Do we even want to go into that? Uh, If by hack the election you mean... um, WikiLeaks releasing a bunch of emails yeah, that le- that led to a complete question of character. The, of the way the Hillary way the Clinton media s- at the zero says hour. that the way that the media rep- that Russians hacked the election um, makes it sound like they're switching votes. Like like people voted for everybody voted for Hillary and people the Russians switched their votes to Trump, which even Barack Obama says nothing of that kind happened at all. So what they're saying by hack the election is released um, or played a role in releasing information that Democrats actually said to each other. That's what the hacking was. 
But that wasn't what so. it is. Wasn't it Guccifer or one of the other guys that hacked the Democratic National Convention, which proved Bernie Sanders was uh, put on a primrose path and led to well, slaughter? Yeah, there's um, <laughs> Podesta's emails were, were hacked using a, oh, Google. This is Google. Uh, enter your password because we need to change your password. Like, please, your account's been hacked. It's gonna be a lot. It's gonna be more interesting when people, you and you know, our age, end up in positions of power. We can't have these sixty-plus-year-olds who didn't grow up with technology, you know, falling for phishing scams and, you know, sending emails, classified emails on Gmail accounts, or having an affair on AshleyMadison.com. I mean, some real rookie moron mistakes with technology have taken place over the last two, three, four years. And then, yeah. and, and then what's his, what's her name? Doesn't Janet Napolitano doesn't even use a computer. So, you know, it's a they live in a, on another planet in another world where they just tell people what to do, and they have no idea what they're talking about when they talk about the internet or hacked or any of this. <laughs> it's crap. a series of tubes. Tim. It's a series of tubes. Well, it's like the thing is about the internet. Okay, it's like a super highway. And if you're coming on, there's highways and byways and exits and it's there's lots of traffic. You can there's get all kinds of traffic and slow down. And there's terror. But we don't want fast lanes and slow lanes. No, no, all the lanes <laughs> should be equal, and we don't want to let the terrorists make lone wolves and radicalize anybody out there on the superhighway. Yeah. Um, well, actually, I don't have time to read this one, but this um, you can. Throw it in there. People should look it up. Uh, it says, that time I spent a, a week with Rex Tillerson. So it's a, a lady who's like a local politician's wife. And um, many years ago, or, or nine years ago, it says, she shows up for jury duty and um, she ends up being on the same jury as Rex Tillerson. And everyone like just kind of, the guy seemed to really know what he's talking about. So they said, well, why don't you be the foreman of the jury? He said, no, I don't want to be. I don't, I don't want to attract attention. Um, and they noticed that he had like bodyguards sitting in, um, in the, in court and then, you know, kind of following him when, whenever he would leave and what have you. So they finally asked him what he did and, Oh, he runs Exxon mobile. So, um, the court case was about to be uh, a hung jury. And he said, all right, let's go through all the evidence again. Laid it all out there. And um, um, ended up convicting some sexual predator, um, sexual offender of a little girl. That the defense had done a good job, um, you know, creating some doubt there. So... <laughs> Anyway, her impression of him was, um, like very intelligent, very humble, very, uh, you know, have having his stuff together. And, um, as a result of that trial, she got involved in a, uh, local nonprofit that was, um, helping that particular girl that had been the, the victim and then other girls like her. She, um, sent him an email asking him to consider helping out that organization. And he wrote a large check for him. So, um, anyway, that was her 
impression of him, which sometimes that's more valuable than hearing whatever kind of political bought off um, fake endorsement or non-endorsement that you usually get with the, with politicians. So, and the, I think the main, the main thing that Trump is doing um, is he's choosing non-politicians for a lot of these jobs. And it's like, oh, no political experience. Uh, oh, yeah, he's only been doing deals in foreign countries for the last 30 years. <laughs> you know, as if that's not a valid um, <laughs> a valid well, range of experience. But you've uh, got to be part of the government first. Yeah. And uh, I, I, obviously Trump's opinion and the opinion of many of the people who voted for him is we don't want people who – um, have been in government their whole adult lives and don't understand that, um, you know, tax money actually gets sucked out of real people. You, you want to understand where, where it's coming from. So, um, anyway, I think that was a good choice. Uh, a, because it's makes world war three much less likely if Obama's not able to start it in the next 30 days. Um, and just uh, it's a good seems like a good pick for peace in general. So I would agree with that. Let me go through a quick rundown of these some of these stories just super quick. Uh, first off, this is from the Washington Post, and this is uh, one that you can put in the category of no crap. Uh, Saddam Hussein <laughs> should have been left to run Iraq, says CIA officer who interrogated him. Um, this goes on to talk to the CIA officer who said, uh, when I interrogated Saddam, he told me, you are going to fail. You're going to find that it's not that easy to govern Iraq. When I told him I was, cu- <laughs> I, when I told him I was curious why he felt that way, he replied, you are going to fail in Iraq because you do not know the language, the history, and you do not understand the Arab mind. Um, truer words were never spoken. May he rest <laughs> in peace, Saddam Hussein. Uh, and I think, I mean, crazy, right? I mean, it's, he, he, he read a, he was a leader of a horrible regime. You know, they had all these human rights issues and everything. But uh, looking at, looking back yeah. at, at the, at what is going on now and how it was then, I'd take that any day, right? You have a couple secret police arrests. Yeah, some, was selling some, oil on the black market. Some kill, yeah. Some, yeah, some secret, but. some secret police, some like, you know, big, you know, hero idol worship, some, some strangeness there. But he kept Kurds, everybody under the same blanket in a way that nobody else women, has been able to women do. Women were going to college. Yeah. It was, uh, uh, and by the way, who gave him the weapons and told him to go attack Iran? Oh, that would be us. Oh, that would be us. That was we, how we started that. Who told him? Uh, uh, it's no business of ours what happens in Arab affairs. Oh, before he invaded Kuwait. Oh, that would be us. Yeah. Exactly. So another one. This one's for you, Andrew Hoffman from the Monday Morning Quarterback. The NFL moves on from Pink October. So since two- I would say that's the, that's the the first tangible evidence of the influence and success of this show. <laughs> I think you're 100 percent right. We, since 2009, I, I think we should take full credit for killing Pink October. Since the 2009, the lead has focused a month long charitable event effort on breast cancer awareness, drawing both praise and criticism. Beginning next fall, teams will be able to show their own 
cancer causes to support. So you weren't allowed to support any other causes. Now it'll be some other cancer stuff. But the old pink scam is down the tubes. In also another thing down the tubes in Virginia, according to WPXI, I don't know how how uh, credible that news source is, but it says Virginia schools may ban To Kill a Mockingbird and Huckleberry Finn for racial slurs. Of course, oh no, that's a that's a real that's story. a real story. Yeah. Both of those words, both of those anything, anything with the N word, both of those books in, include the N word are extreme classics. Uh, I believe the whole point of Huckleberry Finn. The whole Finn. point of them is <laughs> is anti Yeah, and, and to kill a mockingbird. That's true. I guess the I, I get lost. That's with, the entire point of both books. That's yes. the entire point of both books. That's uh, <laughs> hilarious. We don't want those. Uh, you know, we don't want to be thinking bad things, right? We don't want to be talking about bad things, and yes, that's words. super super hard words like that. Um, this is an amazing story. I don't know if you read it. I highly recommend you do. I'm putting this in the show notes, um, and I'll put it as the number one story because I recommend everyone go read it. It's super long, just as far as you can get. But you are still crying wolf, and it it just details this blog post, and it just details with with footnotes, graphs, everything else, um, that the liberal left is is crying wolf. And the media is crying wolf when they constantly say that caring about the KKK or alt-right supporters and support is like caring about Satanists and and other very, very extremely small um, organizations. So uh, I'll, well, They're going to do a KKK reality show now, Tim. Oh, gosh. Okay, so... Taking into account the existence of yeah. some kinds of long-tail alt-right websites, I still think the population of the online U.S. alt-right is somewhere in the mid-five digits, maybe 50,000 or so. 50,000 is more than 5,000 clansmen, but it's still 0.02% of the U.S. population. It's still about the same order of magnitude as the Nation of Islam, uh, which has about thirty to 60,000 members, or the Church of Satan, which has about 20,000 members. It's not quite the level of Hare Krishna's, who boasts 100,000 members. This is not a voting <laughs> block in the sense that somebody is important to appeal to. It isn't a political force, especially when it's mostly, as per 4chan stereotypes, unemployed teenagers in their mom's basements. So the mainstream narrative that Trump is okay with alienating minor- minorities, equaling 118 million people, Whites who whites who abhor racism and would never vote for a racist. Most of the media, most business, and most foreign countries in order to win the support of 50,000 poorly organized and general dysfunctional people, many of whom are too young to vote anyway. Caring about the KKK or alt-right supporters is a lot like caring about who Satanists support. It's not something you would do if you wanted to understand real political forces. It's not something you would want to connect on opposing candidates to the most outrageous character of evil that you could find in short notice. And it continues to just go on and on and on. It just talks about this the stuff that's being said doesn't make sense. Like it just doesn't no, make it, sense. It doesn't. It's like you can't appeal to white supremacists. There's not enough white maybe. supremacists to get a person elected in this country. At best, and he goes through it, he comes up with fifty thousand and it's generous. Right. Oh I think that's way high. Wait, hey. <laughs> and he he's lumping in just all the posts on 4chan and everything else and he ends up with 50,000 that is not an electorate a, a, a kingmaker no. a kingmaker does not make and that's what the that's what they're oh look at the these are the people that got Trump elected oh look it's a group it's a national meeting with 
maybe a hundred people and there, he and breaks, five of them doing Hitler salutes. He breaks it. Oh down. yes, that's what won the election. He breaks it down further in there and shows that African Americans came out in droves and wrote, voted for Donald Trump. African Americans that had actually never voted in the previous election. So I mean, it's just it's a lot of facts. It's long, but it's it's really educating. If you want to point someone to, hey, this is not what's going on, I recommend everybody checks out that article. Um, this is nothing new, but it's the same old, same old AT&T is spying on Americans for profit. This is from the Daily Beast. Basically, Project Hemisphere is taking uh, partnerships with other companies and bottling up your data and selling it. ACLU has come up against it and said this, is, this shouldn't be done. AT&T says when you sign on, you sign on to being able to uh, uh, give, give away your information, but your information is not readily identifiable. They just sell it to people for ad money, but it won't actually identify who you are. <laughs> so that brings I, I, me to... I had a, a coworker of mine saying, I think my phone is listening to me. And uh, she said she went to the dentist yesterday, got a bill for $650, complained about it on the way home, goes online, and Facebook is showing her ads of do-it-yourself dental repair. <laughs> There you go. That she's never heard of or seen before. So she's like, I didn't search online for it. I didn't email anyone about it. The only thing was was my phone. So I'm like, hey, it could be. <laughs> that might be it. Let's see yeah. here. Open. And then, so because AT&T is spying on you, I wanted to uh, go ahead and... Play this oldie but a goodie. Is it going to link? Is it going to work? No, it won't. You can almost not find, and I had thought I had found the only one. Now it's been removed. You can almost not find Stephen Colbert's breakdown of AT&T that he did in jest in 2008 when they merged with Singular anywhere on the internet anymore. Oh, really? <laughs> yes. Are they a sponsor of his new show? <laughs> I'm not sure. Um... His wanna... new soon-to-be former show. Yeah, I don't want to grind this whole show to a halt. We're on a good path there, and of course, yeah, the show that link is now. So, gone. what do you? We gotta at least mention the ambassador assassination. Okay, Turkish ambassador assassinated in. No, not Turkish. Russian ambassador assassinated in Turkey. Yes, on camera. Right. I didn't see it. Did you? Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, and of course, there's the crisis actor <laughs> people right. that are like, look, there's no blood. Oh, it's like, dude, he's wearing a suit. Like, he, blood's just not going to come spurting out of him instantaneously. It's it's a video game. It's not reality. So you got an Infowars story in here. Russian officials highly likely ambassador assassination is a NATO false flag. Right. So... Uh, Russian politicians are saying, hold on, we don't think Turkey state-sponsored this assassination. We think it was NATO to try to get Russia and Turkey fighting with To them. drive a wedge between them because they're cooperating so well in the area at the moment. Well, no, they're, they're not cooperating. I mean, Turkey is our like last ally over there stirring stuff up in Syria. and But Erdogan is... A little irritated about the coup attempt, 
So he keeps okay. threatening. He keeps threatening to open the floodgates on Europe because they he they keeps, hold the key to he keeps tons of refugees. Sides. Yeah. So so he says, like maybe I was wrong. Uh, so he's willing to talk to Russia. Russia's willing to talk to them. Ambassador gets shot with the "You kill us in Aleppo, we kill you here" chant. Very convenient, right? So, okay, and then just keep going as fast as we can here. Uh, this one, I we covered this weeks, months ago. You heard it here first. Now it's becoming a mainstream media national talking point. Congress drops plans to make women register for a draft. That was from the Military Times, but I guess it's back on the table. So uh, there you go, America. We've earned women's equal rights. They can now be drafted is one of the uh, things they're going to be arguing for uh, for in legislation uh, coming up. So, woo! Yeah, equal rights. Women can go to (laughs) war. Um, I do have a good news story to end it with. I do think we have to at least mention... Pizzagate, because there's about six articles in here. Pizzagate, the thing we talked about in the last show. My thoughts on it have changed slightly, not much. How about yours? Oh, I think there's... Um, you know, we've talked about it before where... Uh, so, in the, the climax, the, there was a guy who went into the pizzeria, fired a round off, and was later arrested, said he was looking for... Find it, fired a round off that uh, didn't make any noise somehow. Right. But, yeah. And then he was allegedly arrested. fired a round off. Then he was off. arrested. The New York Times posted uh, a story called Fake News and how it, the, the this news fake news onslaught targets pizzeria as a nest of t- child trafficking, which I thought was a pretty official, pretty big denial. So a little bit, uh, me thinks she protests so, too much. Yeah, yeah, I think there's uh, definitely something there. I also think um, one of the approaches to uh, propaganda approaches to dealing with a scandal is put out fake scandals or refocus it. This is a Clinton 101. I mean, this is what they've always done. You, f- you fight one scandal with another scandal. So. Um, now we got YouTubers I, claiming that every pizza joint is a is a is a right, a, right. is yep. a uh, uh, cover for a sex trafficking industry. Yeah, makes makes which, perfect sense. Which, no one's actually making money selling pizza out there. Right. So they, you know, like you said, that they, they just kind of disinform on top of what's actually happened and kind of cloud the uh, issue. Right. However, the you know the the internet sleuths are still hard at it and they've come up with a lot, but I think they've been in in infested shall we say with uh trolls who are leading them into you know pizzeria all pizzas are bad pizza means whatever so i'm with you on that i feel like there was some smoke there was some fire on that with that place i mean i'm sorry the pictures were freaky they were freaky and they keep yeah adam curry says oh they were just freaky pictures so what no big deal it's like no, 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 no. You, you have sculptures of Blood, Jeffrey Dahmer in your house. You got kill, chil- chil- children. Pictures tape. of what a kill room. Yeah. With people of, in the comments calling it a kill room. Yeah. With children yeah. taped to, you know, to a, uh, a table or well, children, the children with money taped in their the mouth. Table. Yeah. Yes. The, the children apparently being for sale. Yeah. This is, this oh, is it's just, it's just a joke. Have you been? A, a band joke. play there that is making jokes about 
preferences. Everybody has their preferences. Um, it's all just and, art. And, wh- and why is some schmuck pizza place owner rubbing elbows with muckety mucks in the DNC and why ranked is as the, one of the top most 50 influential people in Washington, D.C., most uh-huh. powerful people. Why does the New York Times come to the defense of some schmuck pizza face owner? Pizza face. I like it. <laughs> Stupid pizza face. <laughs> all right, so I'm throwing all those into the folder. We're going to end on two quick good news stories. Are you ready? Yes. Number one, and you made fun of me for this. Actually, yeah, we'll end with a good news story and then a kind of funny, funny thing. You made fun of me for this. I said one of the coolest parts about the new smartphone was I could put the Bible app on my phone. And I heard, <laughs> Tim, you know, you can just take the book and read it yourself. And uh, <laughs> you, you, you know, told me that it was a funny joke. I said, hey, but there's some cool stuff. You know, you could read devotionals and it's got little reading plans and everything else. I don't remember. I'm sure you don't, but you did. 250 million installs they just passed, which is really cool. Oh, wow, 250 great. million installs. And let me see here. The coolest part was the amount of different languages they're in. I can't even get them all right now. Uh, where is it? Oh, where but is what it? version is it, Tim? Uh, the this has all you can have. You oh, can have wow. K- oh, yeah. You can go KGV black cover, you know, so that you could be like <laughs> next to God. You could go, you know, you can go hey, with the if English is good enough for Jesus. It's good enough for me. <laughs> One thousand fifty five languages. And it just kind of reminded me as I read through all these stats and there is a ton of stats just talks about each country, how much it's there. Uh, how much it's increased in the in the last year? Nepal's had a 117 percent increase. Iraq has had a 38.5 percent increase in the last year. Bang- wow. Bangladesh 116 percent. Mozambique 171 percent. Argentina 99 percent. Palestine 53 percent increase. Uh, the official language of Palestine is Arabic, in which we offer six Bible themes. We also offer Bibles in Hebrew. Shortly after the Nepali New Revised Version, the New Testament in Eastern Tremang became available in the Bible app. Users in Nepal began discovering them, prompting one of the most rapid increases in Bible reading in a heart of a language that we've ever seen. And it just, as you read through all this, it's like every time you read another thing, you're just like, that's amazing. Argentina, the eighth largest country in the world, has the second and the second largest in Latin America, making near triple digit growth uh, in the last year is an amazing move for God. 11 billion chapters read this year, 2.1 billion audio chapters listened to, 1 billion highlights, marks, and notes created, 230 million verses shared, 48 million verses create, verse images created, 27.5 million Bible plans uh, completed. And in a second, one second on average, during uh, every day in 2017, excuse me, 2016, here's what happened. Two app installs, one bookmark created, one verse image shared, one plan created, five verses shared, 16 highlights created, 20 audio chapters listened to, 125 app opens, and 373 chapter reads. It continues on and on and on. All over the world, the, the Bible app opens 125 times per second. And it just kind of warmed my heart. I thought, you know, as all this stuff is going on, all this crap that has happened in the world and all this you know, really kind of creepy and strange uh, results of all this technology. God's still doing his thing, man. God's mm-hmm. still doing his thing, and and uh, Christians are still doing their thing, and you're seeing rapid growth in Bible reading worldwide because it's available at your fingertips. 
Before we get your words of wisdom, I will wrap it up with Merriam-Webster's Webster's Word of the Year for 2016. You know what it is? Post-truth? Surreal. An adjective marked by the intense irrational, irrational reality of a dream. That's their word of the year, huh? Yep. Surreal. Hmm. Well, without further ado, it's been a month and a half for you to think about it. What are your words of wisdom? That's that's what I've been doing (laughs) for the last month and a half. Uh, um, I'm trying to think political or or non-political there. I got words of wisdom. If you have a baby on your left that's not fussing and he's in a certain position... But it's slightly uncomfortable for you. <laughs> Don't move. Deal with it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Let me just readjust. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so. Yes, there is. Uh... Now, um, I wish I could translate uh, what my what my daughter says there. I, but I make little... The baby sounds at her and she makes them right back. It's pretty cute. That's so. awesome. Well, it's highly unlikely we'll get another show out by the end of the year. So it's been a pleasure spending 2016 with you and the listeners again. Merry Christmas. Merry to, Christmas. Merry Christmas to everybody out there. I think I'm going to pull a James Corbett, who, by the way, we didn't even mention, graduated to fake news acknowledged by mainstream media. Amazing. Oh, yeah, he made the list. He made the list of uh, fake news. Um, I might I might pull a James Corbett and watch It's a Wonderful Life for Christmas this year. I'm baking a turkey. I'm wrapping it in bacon because this is America. Wow! So someone, uh, Paul Joseph Watson posted a picture. It's got like Trump, Santa Claus, Christmas tree. Um, I don't know. Just he's like the most. Uh, social justice warrior triggering image ever. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. But, uh, I, you know, on on the one end, you've got uh, a university that says you can't call it a holiday party because everyone knows that means Christmas, and you can't, you, you know, you can't have a Christmas party, and now you can't have a holiday party. We'd prefer that you call it an end of semester party. So, but uh, obviously, there's big backlash to that as well people are saying merry christmas again i noticed my company which the last couple years it's been a holiday party this year it was a a christmas party i got i got a christmas card from the boss the owner of the company so there you go there's a it's a pendulum it's swinging back for better or worse so there you go well merry christmas those are my words of wisdom my friends out there thank you again for listening we'll try and do a show when we can i've been working 50 plus six almost 60 hours a week got a newborn at home with my beautiful wife and it's just been tough to do i'm sure most of you or at least some of you out there understand we'll keep the shows coming as fast as we can and as good as we can and uh uh we'll we'll do more shows after the car market falls off a cliff so don't worry people tim 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 won't have money to pay for the internet connection but oh gosh but he'll have plenty of time come on i was heading everybody out of here on a good note everybody was excited i was excited and you just 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 crapped on it
<laughs> just, hey, everybody just remember, last time Andrew was negative about something, it was the Bible app, and he was wrong. <laughs> like a, a fake accusation. and then the, It was not a fake um, accusation. You laughed at me. <laughs> Tim, you could just carry the book. It was literally what you said. You don't remember this? It's... It's possible, but I, I wasn't necessarily. I would like to make. I, I wasn't ma- bashing the Bible app, just the like Bible versus Bible app. Well, the silliness um, of having an app on your phone that does yeah. the Bible was kind of what you were saying, I think. Right. But yeah, I'm going to make a Twitter account that's just for your quotes. So I'm going to insert a fake quote now that the, <laughs> the U version Bible app on the iPhone. Pff, I could do better, Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> Fake Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> Fake that's Andrew what, Hoffman Twitter. Yeah, that's if I ever get a Twitter account, that's what I want my handle to be, the fake Andrew Hoffman. <laughs> At fake Andrew Hoffman. There you go. Yeah. Well, it's been a pleasure to talk to you again, my friend. Yep. Same here, Tim. I'm glad to glad your baby's doing well. Good to hear from you and uh we'll see you in Twenty seventeen. See you next year. When we'll be getting ready for the Seahawks to enter the playoffs. Twenty seventeen. See you guys next year. Thanks for listening. A copy of this podcast as well as links to each story covered are available at revelationsradionews.com. To contact Andrew and Tim or to support Revelations Radio News, please visit revelationsradionews.com and click on the contact tab or support tab. Please check out the other podcasts at revelationsradionetwork.com and thank you for your support of this podcast. Don't you say-